In the book of Daniel, God revealed what the final world empire will look like during the end time. We're told that the home base for this empire will be Europe. What are some of the ways that we see Europe becoming more of a power player on the world stage these days? That's our focus in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. As we look at Europe today, we're seeing developments that are consistent with what Bible prophecy says about Europe's growth in power as we draw closer to the end time. Some of these developments and trends have already been in place for a long time. The most prominent one is the existence of the European Parliament, which creates laws and regulations that affect all of Europe. Another is the use of the Euro, which is a common currency meant to help strengthen the economic unity of the European bloc of nations. In this episode of Foreshadows Report, we're going to look at more recent developments that have taken place during the last two or three years, including some from as recently as the last few weeks. While these trends are continuing to unfold gradually over time, viewed together, we can see a very definite pattern of Europe's growing influence on the world stage. Let's start with a brief crash course on why the European Union has such great prophetic significance. In Daniel chapter 2, God revealed the grand sweep of human history to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. In this dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw a tall statue, and at the end of the dream, the statue was destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar did not understand the significance of this dream. At some point later, the prophet Daniel was brought before the king and he interpreted the meaning of the dream. Daniel explained that the different parts of the statue all represented different major world kingdoms that would rise to power in the future. The head of gold on this statue represented Babylon, which was Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Then the rest of the kingdoms revealed a look at what would happen in the future. The chest and arms of silver depicted the Medo-Persian Empire. The midsection and thighs of bronze represented Greece, which became a world power under Alexander the Great. The legs of iron were Rome, or the ancient Roman Empire, which ruled much of the known world in its day. And the feet and ten toes of iron and clay represent bits and pieces of the former Roman Empire attempting to be brought together with the help of the clay. This is the Roman Empire in a different form. We know this because the iron legs were ancient Rome, so the bits and pieces of iron must represent different factions of that former Roman Empire. We know that the feet and ten toes of iron and clay must be the final world empire, because in the dream, it is the feet and ten toes that are destroyed by a rock not cut by human hands. And this rock absolutely destroys the entire statue and replaces it. 
The fact that the rock was not cut by a human hand tells us it was of divine origin. This final kingdom will come from God and not from man. This points to Christ's future kingdom on earth, which will someday replace all human kingdoms. So it is the feet and ten toes that will be destroyed and replaced by Christ's kingdom. This tells us the feet and ten toes of iron and clay must be the world's final empire. There are no more human empires after that. If we look at the European Union today, we see different countries that in ancient times were all part of the Roman Empire. But these countries are now still individual countries. Back in the 1950s and 1960s, the countries of Europe began to make special trade agreements with one another because they figured that if they worked together as a group, they could increase their economic power and secure better trade agreements with other parts of the world. Long story short, the countries of Europe started working together more and more. Then in 1992 came the formal introduction of what is now known as the European Union. Originally, it began with 12 member states. They said that their goal was to continue the process of creating an ever closer union among the peoples of Europe. In their words, they were committed to taking further steps in order to advance European integration. Today, there are now 27 member states. There were 28, but in 2020, the United Kingdom exited from the European Union. Going back to the statue in Daniel chapter 2, there was a lot of speculation about the identity of the Ten Toes, or what appears to be a ten-nation confederacy. That's because the EU currently has 27 members. How does that fit with there only being ten toes? One possibility is that in the future, some of the nations within the European Union may merge together. Another is that the entire world would eventually be divided into ten regions, each of which is headed up by a representative based in Europe or the revived Roman Empire. At this time in prophetic history, it's too early for us to figure out who the ten powers or leaders will be. What we do know is that they comprise the revived Roman Empire. We just don't know how it will all shake out yet. But we are seeing new developments these days that appear to show the European Union is rising to new levels of power. All of this is in line with the fact that this coalition is supposed to eventually become the home base for the world's final empire. For many years, even though the nations of Europe were tied together through the European Union, in many ways they still acted as individual nations. But recently, we've been seeing a major shift they are now working together more and more as the European Union. The emphasis on individual nations governing themselves is diminishing. The nations are acting more and more as a group as they move forward and create laws and policies that affect all of Europe. They are acting less on their own and more as a coalition. A major reason for this is the fallout from the COVID pandemic. When COVID hit Europe, all the different countries in the EU responded to it differently. A lot of people in Europe were not happy with this. They believed that the response to the pandemic would have been much more effective 
if the European Parliament had been given more authority to make decisions for all the individual nations together. As a result, people in many of the individual countries in Europe have become more favorable toward vesting the European Parliament with greater power to decide what happened in all the individual countries. Another global crisis hit in February of 2022 that drove all of Europe together even more. Russia went to war with Ukraine. This attack led Europe's leaders to realize they needed to work together to protect themselves from the threat of war spreading all across Europe. In an effort to give a more powerful response to Russia, the European Union, along with NATO, condemned Russia and began working together to supply military support to Ukraine. In the decades after World War II, the nations of Europe have had weak militaries. The only way that they've been able to respond to Russia's invasion of Ukraine is by banding together and agreeing to help Ukraine defend itself. In order to do this effectively, many decisions have been made by these nations as a group. The war has been going on for more than a year now, and this has conditioned the European Union to make many more decisions as a unified bloc rather than as individual countries. One of the effects of the war is that Europe is now in the grips of an energy crisis. Europe has been dependent on natural gas from Russia for its energy needs. But the supply of natural gas from Russia has been cut off, which forced all of the European Union to find new sources of energy and to create numerous regulations that would help prevent energy shortages. So in rapid succession, a health crisis, the outbreak of war, and an energy crisis have made it necessary for the European Parliament to take more authoritative role over all that happened in Europe. The countries are working together more actively than ever before. The result is that the European Parliament has become more powerful. At the core of the European Parliament is the European Commission and its president, which is the figurehead of the European Union as a whole. The current president of the European Commission is Ursula von der Leyen. Several months ago, a major German newspaper observed that we've now reached the point that the president of the European Commission has been playing an increasingly central role as de facto leader of Europe. For the top official of the European Commission to be viewed as a de facto leader of Europe confirms we are seeing the European Union rise to new levels of power and authority. This is not to say that the current president of the European Commission will become more powerful herself. This is an elected position, and whoever serves in this capacity will change with each successive election. But the role itself is being vested with greater influence on what happens in Europe. We are seeing the European Union come closer to resembling what Bible prophecy says about the rise of the revived Roman Empire in Daniel chapter 2. And there has been more happening recently. Back in April, President Macron of France and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen visited China. Among their goals was for Europe to strengthen its ties with China, to increase business and trade connections between the EU and China.
They also spoke to Chinese authorities about pressuring Russia to end this war against Ukraine. Interestingly, after the visit, Macron said that the EU should avoid getting involved in the dispute between China and Taiwan. He said Europe should not get dragged into taking sides with the United States when it comes to Taiwan defending itself against China. Macron's statement gave the impression that Europe's leaders are more concerned about preserving their economic ties with China than being willing to say or do anything that might upset China. As we look back on Europe's goals for that visit, we can see a very clear effort on the part of Europe to increase its trade clout on the world stage. Another high-profile development taking place in Europe is that a committee in the European Parliament is working on what is called the Artificial Intelligence Act. The Parliament is wanting to establish rules for the use of AI in Europe. This is the first legislation of its kind anywhere in the world. The AI Act will regulate providers and users of AI to ensure that the technology they use is safe, transparent, and traceable. The fact that the European Parliament is leading the way for the rest of the world when it comes to the regulation of AI shows that the Parliament sees itself as a role model for other countries to follow when it comes to decisions about the future. And because artificial intelligence is the next major technology frontier worldwide, it is significant that the European Parliament is creating policies that will shape the direction of this technology, policies that could very well affect the rest of the globe. Another interesting sign of how Europe's leaders view themselves in relation to the rest of the world was evident last week in a speech that the Chancellor of Germany gave to the European Parliament. He said that the well-being of Europe cannot be separated from the well-being of the rest of the world. He emphasized we need a geopolitical EU, an enlarged and reformed EU, and an EU open to the future. His point about an enlarged and reformed EU seemed to hint at the need for the European Parliament to vest itself with greater powers as the EU looks ahead to the future. With all of these recent developments, we are seeing the 27 member nations of the EU work together more. We're seeing leaders in Europe act in ways that make it natural for the European Parliament to take a more authoritative role in determining what all of Europe does. There is less of an emphasis on each nation governing itself and more emphasis on the governance of all the nations together. This lines up with what the Bible says about the revived Roman Empire coming together as iron and clay. While these developments and trends continue to unfold gradually over time, cumulatively, they are putting Europe more and more on the path toward becoming the home base for the world's final empire. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Foreshadows Report. In the next few podcasts, we're going to continue our look at the latest developments taking place around the world and how they are contributing to setting the world stage for the end time. While this podcast releases once a week, I also provide daily updates 
on Telegram Messenger Channel. From Monday through Friday, I share news clips about what is happening in the Middle East, Europe, Asia, the U.S., and other places. Every Saturday, I also share special quotes about Bible prophecy written by different Bible teachers. And on Sunday, I share scripture passages that are connected to Bible prophecy and how God has called us to live in these last days. To find out more about my daily posts on Telegram Messenger Channel, you can go to my website, stevemillerresources.com. You'll see a place where you can sign up for Foreshadows Report on Telegram Messenger Channel. And if you haven't read my book, Foreshadows, which provides an extensive overview of 12 major trends that indicate we are drawing near to the end time. You can find out more information about it on my website. From there, you can order it from christianbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. Thank you again for listening. And I also want to express my thanks to Harvest House Publishers for making this podcast possible.